0: So, um, <laughs> this is totally going to be the beginning of the show. Every show yeah. starts with, like, so, or, hey, how's it going? <laughs> it's really funny. To make a,
1: like, a word cloud of the first word that we use on the beginning of every episode.
0: Yes, because, like, when we do, like, process a show and things like that, I end up imp- importing it into iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll be listening to a song, and then suddenly i have I hear you saying like, "Hey don't <laughs> like, you oh, delete yeah.
1: them from the library? what you add the uh, episodes to iTunes, don't you delete it after
0: yeah well in the <laughs> in the pure Kevin Clark fashion, I'm kind of lazy and leave them there trademark, so yeah,
1: yeah, I hate it like one of the first things I do on uh like a brand new computer or something is to not open like MP3 or wave or like audio files with iTunes. Cause that's the default app. And I hate it when I just download something or double click or it opens iTunes and it's on the library. I hate that. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Hey, um, all right. You, you, you told me that you've been playing with figma a little bit more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Actually, like, this week was, like, kind of a crazy week. At Shopify, we had the Shopify Summit. That's an event that we have once a year. Um, and sort of all the, the whole company gathers together. And we hear talks from the exec team uh, about, like, what's our direction for the next year and stuff like that. Um, and you
1: have, like, uh, live shows, right? I saw your Instagram uh, feed. Yeah, It was crazy. Yeah, we pants. got...
0: Um, so the, the second night, um, it was like a surprise evening. Uh, they rented a stadium in Ottawa uh, <laughs> for all of us. We're like a little over a thousand now, um, like kind of a big number. But you don't you don't realize it until <laughs> you need to rent an arena to fit everyone. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we didn't know what to expect. Um And first thing was a fireside chat with uh, Toby, our CEO, Tim Ferriss, uh, and Toby Shannon, Um, our VP support, I believe. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that was super interesting. Um, And then after that was, um, I didn't know them before. It was, it's called um, Lucent Dossier or something like that. I don't know. I don't know the meaning. French term. Anyways, uh, and they're like a it's hard to describe a little bit like kind of a circus type thing mixed with like techno music <laughs> um okay. they had they had like fire like like swords and they had um had like a big ring, and then like they like climbed up and so uh, and stuff sort the
1: soleil thing
0: yeah, sort of. <laughs> um after that was major laser
1: which is awesome which is
0: nuts like a private show with uh major laser that's uh, um, that's major that was yeah major key uh <laughs> but uh yeah that was a lot of fun we even like went on stage and everything like that was that was so awesome uh but <laughs> um the the next day um we sort of all were hanging out in the office, um, and there wasn't anything planned, um, and Major Laser but, uh, used
1: Figma. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> they can put that on the website. Uh, no, Payam, uh, which is like one of the designers, uh, at Shopify that I had never met before, uh, cause he lives in Vancouver. Uh, was there and was giving sort of a intro session slash workshop on Figma, hmm. um, so I decided to go because I I had played it w- played with it for a bit and then never touched it again. So I was like, ah, oh, this might be like a good opportunity um, to go and give it another try. Um, so I did, and honestly, I was a very good spokesperson for for Figma. Uh, <laughs> It was really good at, like, letting us know how this could work its way into um, the work that we do every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing that I discovered and or that he showed me, actually, um, that I don't think we talked about is that they have really good sl- uh, sketch import.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah.
0: So you can yeah. import your sketch documents and edit them really easily. Um I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, I think, I think so, I mentioned
1: it. Um, what they don't have, have is like, maybe I zoned out. They don't have <laughs> yeah. is export to sketch though.
0: <laughs> no, no, they don't. Yeah, yeah. One other feature that like kind of blew my mind. and I was like, holy crap, this is really cool. Um, was the, um, I don't remember how they call that exactly, but it's like a network of points. So if you're drawing something with the pen tool, mm-hmm. um, you can sort of do the arrow, like, draw an arrow and, like, connect the points. I'm doing a terrible job at explaining this. No, but I but know anyways, what you mean. Like uh... If you've ever tried to draw an arrow in, in Sketch, what you would do is draw a straight line and then draw, like, a, like, rotated V and then, like, put these next to each other
1: because
0: mm-hmm. um, you can't have touch two times the same point. But in Figma, you can.
1: Yeah, uh, I I can, I can try to explain that. So we're gonna we can put a gif of that in action, so you can just scroll in in whatever podcast app you're using, and just um, take a look at it, see what we're talking about. But okay, I'll try to explain. Which is actually that was the first uh, feature um, in Figma that kind of blew my mind away, like to pieces. <laughs> which is uh, traditionally uh, like um, vector drawing tools, the way they, you actually build and draw the, um, a vector shape is you connect like dots, coordinates. So And that's true for a sketch and illustrator and probably all of them. So it would connect like point A to B, B connects to C, C to D, so on and so forth, right? And in Figma, it's not like, and basically that will draw a path. Like, it's a, it can be an open or a closed path, but it's a path. Like, every coordinate is connected to two other coordinates. I don't think that this makes sense. Anyway, <laughs> so um, what Figma is doing is they're not just connecting one point to the other uh, into a linear path. You can connect one point to more than another point. So you can connect A to B, and B is connected to C and D. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, well it makes sense because I know what you're talking about, I think. But anyways, look at look at the GIF or yeah. video or whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you'll understand. And it was the sort of thing where this wasn't necessarily a problem that I thought I had. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you show me this the like Figma version, you're like, gosh, this is so much better. Yeah. And it's like just the smallest thing that makes such a big difference. It's, it's really awesome. That Another thing that I kind of, like, I'd heard of it before, um, but I hadn't, like, really understood what you'd use this feature for is um, the nesting of frames. And mm-hmm. so basically frames are uh, Figma's version of artboards. But what's neat is that Frames can have uh, grids, so you can have nested grids uh, into your documents, which is crazy pants. It's kind of crazy, but also really useful. So, um, I'm working like I usually work on checkout at Shopify, um, and it's we basically have like a general grid of like the like the right um, the left column, the right column, and then like within these they have their own separate grids mm-hmm. um which is kind of impossible to do in sketch unless you do like do everything manually right um but in Figma I can like have my own um my own frame on the left side where I put my fields and I can say like oh I want a field to take up half of the half of the width or like a third or whatever uh and have the same spacing so that means it's super easy to align stuff and it's super easy to like resize uh fields however i want um so that was kind of like one big aha moment where it was like oh okay this is what you use this for yeah um and yeah i'm really liking what what i'm seeing uh i think a lot of the little problems that we highlighted in the first episode that we talked about it Uh, And we'll put that episode in the show notes, too, um, are still valid. Um, But, like, it's really promising in, like, a bunch of different areas. Like, they're doing stuff that no other tool has ever done before. And I think it's going to be interesting to see them, like, where they're going with this.
1: Yeah. Uh, Currently, because my main gig is SketchCast, I can't really use Figma. Yet, um, right, and one of the huge uh, strong points against uh, tools like Sketch on Figma is uh, the collaboration. And because I'm working by myself, I can't really use that. Right. So that's another thing that it's not making me do a switch yet. Right. But I've I've migrated two of my projects to Figma. So right now, I would say like a third of my current projects. I I am doing them in Figma, and so far so good. I mean, it's still it's still a beta, um, and mm-hmm. it shows. No, I'm not saying it's bad. It's it's uh, it's expected. Um, and there are some kinks, like exporting uh, assets, is still a little bit clunky for me. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's still like I'm 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 definitely keeping an eye on it. It's. Uh, It's getting more and more interesting.
0: I think its biggest challenge right now is that it's like maybe 10% better than Sketch. Mm -hmm. You could say like, and like, of course, has bugs and things like that. But it needs to get 10 times better than Sketch for people to like go, like move away from it. So it's going to be interesting to see if they keep improving things. Um, Then it's going to be really interesting there.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if you've seen. Um, this was back in, like, at the beginning of the month, I think. Um, they've announced a new hire, so they've hired uh, Rasmus Anderson. Mm.
0: Do you know? Do you know him? I feel like I've heard the name before. You definitely have. Oh, so, is that the the hockey player? <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> just uh, I Just gonna Google <laughs> Rasmus Anderson, and that's what came up. I don't think that's um, him. <laughs> no, he was.
1: Um, so, I may have the details wrong, but um he was one of the first designers uh over at Spotify, and then he helped build like a good design team over at Facebook then he worked at Dropbox and uh now he's over at figma he's like he's a i love that dude he's <laughs> he's a, you you should check like his website or whatever like he's done a lot and um and yeah so so he's the new hire i think um. So he has a very he has an awesome background. I mean, he's been at Spotify, Facebook, Dropbox, and now Figma. So that's uh, some validation, I think.
0: Right, right.
1: Like he he must have seen something there, um, <laughs> to go there, right? So um, that's a uh, that's cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah.
0: Cool. So uh, we'll keep an eye on it. <laughs> we will. I'm I'm definitely more interested in it than I was couple of weeks ago. All
1: right. Okay. So for this week's topic, um, we decided to talk about our process as a designer and that can be and probably will be uh, like at a company so uh, i think in in your case it's not something like this is what i came up with no it's more like the process that you guys use at, at shopify and right it's a it's a you know it's a work of a lot of people probably had a lot of people thinking about that and tweaking it so yeah, that, that's that's the idea. Share our process. When like how do we start and like from start to finish, how do we work as a designer? Because we need process. We can't go like go all wild west on projects. <laughs> we have to do it. We have to have some it, methodology and some
0: process. It is kind of interesting to call it a process, because a lot of people here are allergic to process. <laughs> um so It's like it's definitely something that we've discussed at at length. Uh, Like, it's it's almost more. It's it's not a process in a way that you have a document that's like step one, you need to do this, and step two, you need to do that. It's more a series of things that we found that work tend to work really well, Um, but they always depend on the team. The specific individual like everyone sort of have their own ways of doing things um even though like we they tend to be similar a lot of the times because we're all working on similar projects and thinking and talking together um but yeah it's definitely not something that's like imposed onto anyone and it's always evolving so it's it's not something that's fixed in time.
1: Well, so you don't have one global, like one process that all no. the designers on a, on a company use follow. No,
0: there's no, there's no one Shopify process, hmm. which is great. That's interesting. I think because that allows you enough flexibility to use what works best for you and not have to like do process just for the sake of doing a process.
1: Okay. That's cool. Yeah. yeah I can see that for me currently like right now the situation is very different but when i was back at this right. agency uh we did have like a process that we had to follow um because these are like deliverables this is working for a client and you know if you go all by, and i'll do whatever i want how i want it and like the pms are going to you know going to freak out and they don't know how to like what to expect when the deliveries are going to happen and all that stuff. So in that, in that sense, in that um, atmosphere, if you will, uh, you Mm -hmm. need like, because it's something that you are selling to someone, you need to have a process. You need to have some um, like estimation. You have to have like a a course of action. Like You have to start somewhere and we have to finish somewhere.
0: Yeah. And I guess you need to be able to tell the client ahead of time, like this is going to happen. At this time, and then, like, this is going to happen, and then this is going to happen, and we'll need your approval for this and that. Definitely, because you can't just say, okay, I'll have
1: three months, I'll deliver the end result, like, there. And, like, you go dark for three months. You can't really do that. (laughs) So it's not saying that you have to share everything that you are working on, like, at the moment with a client, because that would suck. But uh, you need to have, like, little steps. You need to do something first, then deliver that, and then do Something else after uh, we can talk about that later. But do, do you want to go? Do you want to? Do you want? Do want to sure. start?
0: Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so I guess I'll like start from the very beginning. So let's say we're like, starting a project. Um. We're intentionally trying to delay the problem solving aspect. Um. We want to start by focusing. Over the problem. And um, that's like really the key part that we need to understand first uh, before jumping into like trying to find ideas. Because truth is when we're starting a new project, we don't even know if like if this is the right problem that we're solving, if it's a, like the right way of solving it, mm-hmm. or even if it's a problem that it is worth solving. Or if so it's, it's a really problem at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um so that's really the first thing that that we want to try to figure out. And the problem with um jumping too quickly into trying to find solutions is um that you start becoming obsessed by your solution and then you try to find ways to justify the the solution that you came up with. Mm-hmm. And try to then like work your way backwards to a need and that's how you end up with with products that aren't really used very much and don't match what people actually want usually how it starts is someone in the company has an idea uh can be anyone um which is why it's so great uh often ideas come out from uh our hack days um hack days are um two days that we take every four months um, the whole company stops working on what they're doing usually and then they can work everyone can work on whatever they want and at the end of the first day uh, or, sorry at the end of the second day uh, we present what we've worked on for in front of the whole company um, and then we can like vote on people's favorite projects and things like that and um, and then we usually move forward with the the projects that like are the most interesting of the bunch. Uh, but that's just one way that ideas can appear. Uh, and sometimes it's just someone that's super passionate about something decides to do research on that topic. Um, and, um, one of the important part, uh, I think is, uh, writing a brief for what your idea is so this is like kind of almost like a a scientific way of starting a project mm-hmm. which is like okay let's lay down what our assumptions are and what like build up our theory based around that and be like okay here's what i think uh is a problem that i've seen because xyz and here's sort of where the problem lies. And here's why I think we should explore it now. So that gives us like the initial uh, push to like say like, does this make sense? Yes or no. And if we have like a reasonable doubt that like this might be something that might be worth exploring, um, then as long as we find like the right people that have the, the time to work on that, um, then they can start working on that what's great about this is that you the the act of putting your assumptions into writing really help solidify your thinking I've helped out writing a bunch of briefs uh, over the last two years um, and that's helped a ton like just even in terms of um, later what my design process is going to be like uh, actually sitting down and like writing everything that's in your brain really helps a lot so that's something that I didn't used to do that now is like almost like a requirement uh, that I do on every project because I think it's super helpful um, and one of the benefits of doing that um, is that it increases the visibility of the project to the rest of the company because uh, when we were like if you're at 20 person company it's not very hard to know what products are happening and like what they're they're trying to solve um but when you're you get to over a thousand like that gets really hard to know really quickly yeah and our goal is to avoid meetings as much as possible so uh having this like public archive of everything we're working on and the reason why and like the things we're exploring is incredibly useful. So I'd say like that's the first step that we do. Um, And then once we have that basis, we then go on into the research phase is I guess what I'd call it. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's more like a um, a part of the process where we're gathering information Uh, And trying to stay as non-biased as possible. Um, So what I mean by that is we'll bring in a bunch of users, um, sort of ask them questions to figure out what they think they need. Um, And (laughs) it's usually not the same as what they actually need. Mm -hmm. Um, But... What I found is that it's a really important part of trying to diagnose what the, the actual problem is. Like The the way I see this is almost like a doctor and you have a patient that comes to you and they're like, oh, uh, I don't know. Like You have to ask them like what hurts and like you sort of find the symptoms based on that and then you have to walk your way back to like what the root cause is. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean that it's because their like arm is hurting that like they like cut their arm or something like that. Like, I don't know, a silly example, but you, you sort of have to figure out like what is the root cause behind that problem. Um, and so talking to people, like, believe me, if you ask a user for feedback and they're willing to give it to you like they're gonna talk forever and they they'll know what's wrong uh, for sure and then what's interesting is contrast that with with data usually like we're lucky enough to have a pretty large user base
1: how how do you manage like if you're a designer at Shopify, yeah.
0: um
1: can you like pick and choose the projects that you work on um like you mentioned that like public record of all the things you, that a company is working on. Yeah. Uh, can you like move around teams or 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 do you feel like you get stuck at, in, in a particular project, which uh, there's nothing wrong with it? Just
0: just just ask. No, me. no, definitely not. Um, we're really open to people moving around and trying different stuff. Um, so usually like you can work on your project for a couple of months. And then, like, once that ships, uh, you can choose to either keep working on it and, and keep improving it or move on to a different project. Mm-hmm. And um, we usually try to figure out the project with the people. So, like, it's a very collaborative way that we come up with projects. Mm-hmm. Um, so, usually, um, you'll have your input into, like, where we go next. Uh, so it never comes as a surprise what's what's going to happen Um, and then like talking to like your your lead uh, you can figure out like okay how do we make the timelines work so that if you want to jump off and go to do something different then uh, you can start that project at the right time and like figure out the logistics around that Uh, but that's totally possible um and one thing that a team here did was do um like in company internships Hmm. which is basically um send someone from their team to another team for like a week Mm -hmm. um and then learn about what they're working on and how they do things um and then at the end of the week that person would go back to that team so it's kind of a cool way that like you can uh work on different things and never get bored and learn tons of stuff. Right. Um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. And I honestly like that was one of my biggest fears, like when I, cause I used to do uh freelance and now like moving into like a in-house team. That was my biggest fear that I'd be doing always the same thing. Um, But like we're so big and that there's so many different projects that we're working on at the same time that never gets boring. Like you can work on more marketing stuff. You can work on more product stuff. You can work on like internal tools. Like you can like there's such a wide variety of of things that we can work on that never ends up being a problem. So yeah, that that's pretty much how it goes. Like, there's no real um, like official process. It's more a conversation, and you'll always be talking to your lead about things you're interested in and like areas where you want to grow into. So that's always something that's taken into consideration. Where whenever we're uh, choosing what products to work on next.
1: All right, that that that's interesting. It's it's a lot. Of... A lot of freedom. I wasn't expecting that.
0: Yeah. Oh, cool. yeah, definitely. Like, <laughs> we we never like making, like, blanket statements. And we want people, like, we hire the best people. And we really trust them to do their job really well. And mm-hmm. we want them to be the most creative and the most productive as possible. So um, having them, like, always be engaged and be passionate about what they do is extremely important
1: yeah in contrast to the agency uh, job that i that i had we had a very cool it was not like set in stone but it was a process it was something that we worked on the process as well and we improved it uh over the, the years and
0: mm-hmm.
1: like we kind of tweak it to our team because we when the process was created we just like it was a very different team than Let's say you right. Did one, you have right?
0: one team or um, do you have multiple teams?
1: Over there, we had one okay. team. Uh, we didn't work as a team on every single project. So, um, like some projects, sometimes it was just like just me. Sometimes it was me and a buddy of mine. Sometimes it was the whole team. Those were rare. But um, so so yeah. The, the the thing is, everything starts. So t- keep in mind that this is an agency, so it's like client work. So everything starts with a kickoff meeting, um, with a client. Basically, we just ask a lot of questions and we listen, right, <laughs> for a long time. And most of the clients that I that I that I had experience with, like uh, work with, uh, they <laughs> like on in the kickoff meeting they already have like a UI in mm-hmm. mind, and so they they could come up to you and say, so. And after all, we're gonna have like a. Um, the screen where you can have a button on the bottom and you can click there and go so all of that like yeah sure you can take notes but please don't like don't <laughs> don't overthink that don't don't think about that just just listen and absorb and then after that meeting is done we basically identify the problem and identify the needs and what kind of like yeah what problem are we solving here what what is the real struggle and you know what sometimes there's no problem and <laughs> they're just making an app because they, th- they want to make an app. There's like, we are not solving anything with right. this. This is just, so we usually don't take those. <laughs> we don't take those, 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 that kind of work. But, um, so the process, I guess you could say it, it starts there. And then the next step would be something we call uh, we call benchmarking, which is, so we identify the problem, um, we start thinking of a solution and the whole thing is see who else is solving this problem. Mm-hmm. So you can say competitors, see how they are solving this. Um, and you do a bunch of research on the field, right? right? So if if you are doing uh, like, I don't know, an e-learning website, right? You have a ton of of competitors. You have a lot of websites doing like e-learning stuff so you get all all of those well maybe not all but the most important ones if it's a very crowded space and you start doing a lot of charts like a lot of graphs saying okay you know what we have a lot of people solving the same problem um some of them are solving in this way some of them are solving in this other way um and we try to place our product like our client in that space like where do you want to go do you want to be friendly and accessible to everyone as, as a treehouse? Or do you want to be very professional and more serious about this? Do you want to go for the low end, the high end market, like all that right. stuff, right? So we try to place the products in the world, in the landscape. Mm. Where, how, how are we going to tackle this? Sometimes the problem is so unique that there's no <laughs> like real competitors, and that's, uh, that's awesome. But um, this really helps us seeing, like, where does the client want to be? Like, how does it actually see himself in the space? Right, right? yeah. And that helps us shape the whole process from here on. Um, Then we, we like, there's no specific order, but uh, we do two things. Well, first one is we create, like, a feature list. Like, if we could do everything, what do we need to do with this product or yeah. whatever? So we list all of the features, like, in an in ideal world where it could do everything, like press a button and fly. Uh, sure, <laughs> throw it in there, we do everything. And, and we're gonna start rating it as, like um, there's some algorithms, formulas that I have no idea um, how they look like, but it's do stuff do like, from, it's a mix sorry. of...
0: Do you d- go from like um, low effort to high effort and then from uh, low impact to high impact? So then, like you can yeah, sort of yeah, figure exactly. Out this way, like let's let's work on the easy wins first, and then try to tackle the harder, less important stuff after.
1: Exactly, that's exactly it. Cool. So we have that. Then uh, we do like uh, we call it user journey. Like, okay, so still this very vague, idealistic product that we are building. Uh, how would a user actually use it? Right. Yep. So we kind of we create some personas. Yeah, that's another step. We create some personas for this. Uh, depending on the project of the size and the budget, we can like do some interviews or we can do some more research on the users. but usually, the client is so savvy on that field that <laughs> the client has a very good <laughs> understanding of uh like good personas. clients so always have that.
0: such a good understanding of their products
1: <laughs> no I mean not that, but for example there if you're doing um if you're doing your products for uh, high-end uh, like sport like golfers right i don't know i know nothing yeah. about yeah yeah they're the I do some research but it field. will never be yeah they really know them so it's a very good resource for for personas mm-hmm. so then we create a user journey like okay so this user anna She wakes up in the morning and she has, while she has breakfast, she checks her email and that's when she wanted to do this. And then she opens our products and checks, whatever, whatever. Like we create this little story, idealistic story where this product would solve, like would, would make this day better for these personas. Right. So still, still very idealistic, still very, um, unreal thing. Like we, we don't have screens. We don't have nothing. We still don't know. So after all that is done, by the way, all of these are like mini deliveries, deliverables for to, to mm-hmm. the client. So we are like always validating each process, right? right? Um, and then that's when we start doing the more classic design work. So we start with wireframes. Um, we don't have like tools or whatever that I need to use. I, I like to use, uh, for the wireframe part, I like to just draw it like like pen and paper. See, that's
0: interesting, because I don't really do wireframes. Um, no, no like, what I tend to do, like, I, we skip forward into, like, my process, but that's fine. Um, but um, I tend to do, like, rough sketching on paper, and then mm-hmm. move move on, like, <laughs> directly. Like, once I have a couple, like, interesting directions, then go directly into sketch, because... Um, one, like, at that point, I have a really good idea of, like, what I want, Um, or actually, like, what the, the problem is and sort of what the, the requirements are, um, but, uh, yeah, wireframes don't work really well for me, because I feel like you can make pretty much any kind of crazy design <laughs> you want, like, just drawing boxes, say, like, oh, there's going to be five buttons here plus an image plus text plus like this heading plus like and like once you sit down to actually design it like it's it doesn't work so in in like I know it works for a lot of people but for me personally um that works way better when sort of my the actual design of how it's going to be like I work with real real illustrations real copy, real like I want to get as close as possible to what the actual content is going to be like, um, that I think that has a huge impact on what the overall structure of the page is going to look like, um, whereas if I was drawing boxes on a page, it's like eh, I can make sort of put sort of every anything anywhere and it like wouldn't really matter. So, but I don't know, like, that's, like, very, like, different people have very different processes on that that front.
1: Yeah, I can see your point. Like, today, for my own stuff, I don't do wireframing. But, you know, at this company, imagine that I go on vacation on this face. Someone has to pick up for me. And I might have a good idea of what I want to do, like, the whole structure of the product on my head. But if there's nothing on paper, I can't really pass that on to some other designer and it helps like it really depends on on the size and the scope of this of any product but if it's something i really big i th- i feel that it can save you some time um uh, by doing some basic wireframe saying okay well you know what we have this first page we're gonna have like three sections explaining the product and then there's a button here to log in and then like because we have a wireframe and say like, you know what but what if i wanted to uh, I forgot my password, so there's a button there. oh, yeah you're right. so you create another screen you you identify all of these little things, like an overall structure of the products that you're doing with a wireframe that could save you some some time and work mm-hmm. if you jump straight into the final UI like the mockups um especially like if it's a big project, you know a lot of views and a lot of pages, a lot of flows that the user could take i i feel it, it helps a lot to identify like very quickly um like the overall structure of the products um i'm not saying that it's you would you wouldn't if you just jump straight into ui yeah. design like the real mock-ups but um, yeah i mean
0: like i said different people have di- very different like ways of of going about this here it's uh <laughs> like choose your own adventure <laughs> You can see, like, there's yeah. multiple different ways to do things, um, and yeah, they're all they're all good if they work for you. Perfect. Um,
1: if you're doing something very new when it comes to UI, like maybe interaction, take, take for example the app Clear. Yep. You're, you're, yep. You remember that, right? It was a very new UI, like the way the user interacts with it. So if I were to do something like that, I would. Probably start with a very basic wireframe, start prototyping said wireframe uh, instead of really spend some time with the final like the colors and the typography and all of that. Um, so that in that case it would be very helpful just to wireframe the, the, the product and start actually prototyping right away. Um, and it's good to not have to worry about typography colors you know spacing and layout ding and stuff like that <laughs> see but that that depends um,
0: cuz if it were me like having like either <laughs> i don't know C- comic sans or whatever hand drawn thing that you get like for in your uh, wireframing tool that would annoy the hell out of me and <laughs> like for me like this really bogs down my brain like the only thing i could fo- focus is like this goddamn Like typeface, that's wrong. Um, So, and it would prevent me from focusing on the like more user experience side of things. So, really depends. Like, for some people, like having to worry about typography and colors um, might distract you. And from for other people, the the like inherent like roughness of a wireframe Mm -hmm. might be the thing that distracts you so yeah there's there's no right or wrong for me
1: it didn't distract me i always use like grayscale so always like black and white and no colors in elvetica so it's like a i look at it and i know this is skeleton this is not this is not uh, like the design like visual design Mm -hmm. for it anyway which leads us to the next stage which is uh like style guide like, I set a mood. You could do some mood board uh, beforehand, um, get a sense of how you want this to look and feel. Um, then you do a bunch of like style guides, like for topography, for colors, for stuff like that. And then you jump into the final design. So, you take the wireframe, you take the style guide, you take the mood board, and you design like the final mockups. And then, uh, depending on a project, but you could and very well um, could and should uh, do a quick prototype. Uh, of the thing and that's a deliverable like here install this on your phone you can tap through the mockups and mm. the clients go crazy with that kind right
0: of stuff. so I, I don't really do a necessarily a style guide every time i work on a project but uh what i do do is
1: well but for you you have the company right
0: style yeah so brain. i mean depending on what project i'm working on uh for some project i i sure. did a style guide but that usually comes after i've pin down the design for me um but what i do is a lot of exploration like in sketch i (laughs) know it's not it's not gonna come to surprise to anyone (laughs) listening the show for for a bit but it's not uncommon that i'll have like 30 artboards in one document (laughs) or like one page even um I will Dang. try pretty much every idea I can think of, because um, what I found is that it's very rare that your first idea is the best one. Um, yeah. But sometimes, like what I do is, uh, if I have like a minor variation, I'll put the artboard on the right to like the previous artboard that I was working on, and if I have a major revision, then I'll put it below. So you can sort of see like a basic hmm. hierarchy of like how things develop over time um, that's interesting, but the reason i I do want to keep all of these ideas around is that quite often these ideas connect together. You'll be working on a bunch of different ideas and a bunch of different um like a bunch of different ways to tackle that that problem, and at some point you're you're gonna be like hey, you know what, these two ideas, like separate, didn't work out. But maybe if I mix them together, I can end up with something that is pretty good. So I I find that having all of these variations all together in the same document, I can have like a very visual way of going back and seeing like, oh, yeah, I did something interesting here. Maybe I can bring that back into what I'm working on currently. Um, And that's immensely helpful for me.
1: Tip of the week.
0: Yes, um, we one thing that we do here is um we have these uh, weekly meetings uh, that are called Fresh Eyes, and um basically the gist of it is to take someone that doesn't have context on your project and then show show them what you're working on and sort of get their feedback and that's super cool um because after you've been like heads down into your project for a couple of weeks you sort of start um like losing the forest for the trees like you're so focused on to like this one specific things that you can sometimes m- like completely forget about super important parts um so it's always important to have uh, someone's fresh perspective on the stuff you're working on definitely do you have something similar over at the agency? I guess in that case, I was the client or something like that.
1: <laughs> we have the uh, hallway testing, basically. Um, like after I have some idea and it's kind of kind of like polished. Okay, so now I could like present this. I go over and I, I show it to a bunch of developers that are not involved in this project. Right. So they, they have no background on it. And I just say, hey, could you like test this? Um, see how yeah. it feels. And yeah, but I I don't go like on the streets. <laughs> <And> no, <laughs> no, we excuse don't. Excuse do me, either. could you could you have a moment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know what? That's kind of like bias. So uh, everyone who's testing it is kind of like techie in a way. So yeah, it doesn't help. But um, I've made some mistakes. Like I remember one of the first projects. I was at the company like like a month or or two. No, definitely less than two. I was very new mm. still, and um. I had the first meeting alone with the client, right yeah and and I like I made all of the newbie mistakes, <laughs> and one of which was like i've been i was i had been thinking about this product like for a while before the meeting, and I had some cool ideas that I was really excited, but like my my design lead and like my peers were like like don't show the like your ideas to the client yet this is not the like this is not the goal of this meeting. This is just for you to gather info and stuff. Mm. Don't. <laughs> anyway, but it was like I was super excited, and I had like good chemistry with the, with the client. Like we were we were hitting you know, I was like you know what, he's cool, he understands me, and I kind of like what he's doing and all. So at the end of the meeting, I was like. Hey, I I wanted to show you some ideas. I've been had some ideas. So, what do you think about this? Like, what if you have some, you know, this screen with this button here on the bottom, and like a cool way to interact with the app? And he's like, Oh man, no, that's horrible. I was thinking more of no. like this and this and this <laughs> and this. And I was like, Bam, no, shut down. <laughs> and I was like, I was super depressed for for the whole week. I was like, Fuck. Mm. Like I I I held the like I held this idea very near to me. <laughs> like this is gonna be awesome. This is the best idea anyone has had, have like ever had. Well, but and you know what? Like, I, like I don't minutes. think
0: it's a mistake of showing work really early. Uh, can you imagine like if you've kept working on that idea for a month and then to have it shut down again? Like you've done now, you've done all that work. And it's just not gonna go anywhere. So having like no, because
1: you know what? W- one of the one of the huge parts of being a designer, and especially client work, is selling your work. And you you like you could do the best design work in the planet ever. If you can't sell it, if you can't explain it, if you can't like communicate your idea, like the design design by itself, it will not stand still. Like it really won't. Like. The idea of, you know what, if you do a good job, you will get the recognition and people will know that this is perfect and beautiful and you will get paid and get high praises from all. Like, that's not. So, a huge part of being a designer is communicate and to sell your work to your peers, to your clients, to your boss, to everyone. So, in this particular example, if I were to keep my mouth shut, study it, improve it, uh, really think it through and think how. It's not only that you do something and you know or you feel like this is awesome. It's you have to understand why it's awesome and why is this gonna change everything. So you have to sell it. You have to you have to express it. Like why do you feel so good about it? So if I were to wait a bit and continue work on it and polish it and really think it through, uh, I'm not saying that you you wouldn't have, like change till the final product the final deliverable but like i don't think it would have been shut down especially not at that meeting with the junior designer saying he had his idea like if you had a whole company like behind it so this is our
0: that uh, might have been a rookie move from the company to just like send you over there but um i i do think (laughs) it's the training wheels man you have to learn but i do think it's important to bring in people early. And, like, a lot of clients, like, they're going to, like, give you terrible feedback uh, because they sort of want their input to be in the work. Like, even though you'd present to them something that was perfect, they just want to put their own touch <laughs> on it. And yeah, I find that a lot of them, like, if you involve them really early in the project, and that's what I... I was doing when I was uh, freelancing and sort of take them from the very beginning of the process and being like, okay, let's talk about um, your information architecture and see like what's the decide what's the most important content that we're going to highlight on your site and like have them give you these that feedback very early on. You're going to avoid a lot of surprises at the end like the way I see it is every time you show something to a client it's like you're at a saving point like if you think of a video game like you're saving at that point like you're like showing the client that that piece of work and they they might not like it or whatnot like they might have feedback on it but you know that everything until that point is is has been good has been approved um so they can only come back to you uh from like this point to like the the past save if you will um yeah so that like once they've they've seen the information architecture they've seen what um like the basic page template is going to look like they've seen what's going to be emphasized on the page then they can only come back to you on like the few things that you've added since the last time you saw them. So I think that's like, you do have to still develop like a, a skill to sort of present your work and have it like, even though you've really like you've just finished working on something that you still have a good idea of why you made these, these decisions. And that certainly that skill develops over time and with experience I think bringing, like, getting more feedback earlier is definitely a positive.
1: Yeah, 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 definitely. And you know what? This is one of the, I feel like one of the most valuable lessons that I've learned uh, in the past couple of years. So especially while working at an agency, I had to deal with clients. And I got, like, more and more frustrated with the whole process, the whole the whole thing of dealing with clients, because I, the, like, the the argument that I was saying was stuff like these guys are just like we're just hire guns and they come here and like they just want us to do X and Y and it's they really don't want like the best design and it's a very classic approach like even the oatmeal has a very good (laughs) comic on this like they pitch you like uh, they brief you you do your first iteration it's the best iteration that will ever be and then make the logo bigger tweak the side make this one pixel to the left and all and just bam bam demands and it, it makes for a crappy product and I used to like use this analogy like when you go to the doctor you don't say uh you know what no I don't think it's cancer I think it's uh yeah I think it's more of a this thing don't you think yeah it's definitely this thing it's like they are the the they're the specialists. You are paying someone who's has knowledge and feel that you don't for them to work for you. So you have to trust them And you know, even uh, developers, like most people don't have a good understanding of programming, so they're not gonna. Well,
0: so I think your analogy breaks down. Um, so when you go see the doctor, uh, the doctor asks you what's wrong. And it's gonna, they're, they're gonna ask you a lot of questions because they don't know what you want or what you have. And that's how they can like, come up to a good solution. Uh, and the same way, like, when a client come, comes to you to design something, you don't know what their problem is. And they're the expert of their field. Uh, and in that sense, I think it's more of a collaboration rather than they just like they're just handing you off this thing and then they're going to take it back once it's done and that's it like i think it's a much more collaborative process where you need to exchange a lot with these people cuz they know way more uh about their specific field than you do
1: but not the which by the way i'm starting this uh, it's not something that i still believe this is the way i right. felt
0: back yeah. then
1: but it's kind of like you go to the doctor, sure, he's going to ask you a bunch of questions, make a bunch of tests, and then he has a diagnosis. And you are not going to question that diagnosis because you're not, you're not a doctor. Like He made all these tests. He knows what he's doing. So the doctor gives a diagnosis and you say, okay, I trust, like, I believe you. Um, if someone hires a designer, sure, there's a bunch of tests, there's a bunch of interviews, there's back and forth, exchange of information. Then the designer comes up and says, here's your work. This is my design. And the client goes, you know what, uh, why don't you just change this and change that color? I prefer red over blue. Can you change it? Like, it's gonna question everything. And usually that's something that it doesn't happen with developers most of the times. And because the thing with design is everyone's a designer, like in a in a sense. Everyone has an opinion. Everyone everyone knows if they like something or not, right? Yep. Um so that's a very hard thing to do. And there's it can be very frustrating at times. So that's something that I felt a lot every day. And it kind of frustrated. Like, why? I'm, quote unquote, like, I'm I'm the specialist. Like, I know design. You don't. You are hiring me to design. Here's the work. And there are clients, like, better clients than others. And some of them are, like, really pain in the rear. Like, okay, do this and this and this. Okay, now change that and change that. And that can just drag for months and that's the worst kind of job ever for a designer, in my opinion. Um, what I've learned since is, I'm not saying that all of this is wrong, and you, it's wrong for a designer to feel this way. I think it's still very valid. But you have to understand that if if a, if a client is not happy, it's kind of your fault. If the client says to you, yeah, I like it, but could you please change it from red to blue? You can... Like you have to sell it. Why you chose red? Like why is it important? Let them know. Because yeah. sure, you designed this. You know this is the best design. So I, they don't.
0: I totally agree with you. Um, what I don't like the word using the word selling because it's it doesn't seem genuine, um, and I know that's like that's not what you mean. But like I see a bit more as like explaining the rationale behind the decisions that you made like you didn't make that button blue just because you like blue um, cuz then like you get into arguments of like just personal preferences like <laughs> your client says I prefer green you say I prefer blue and then like how are we ever, ever going to agree here uh, we're not but right if you design in a way where blue is like the only color that makes sense here because you've studied the like color theory and that's gonna that blue specific shade of blue is gonna um, reinforce their values and uh, it highlights their branding colors and like you can like support your decisions by actual facts and then it's much easier for a client Mm -hmm. to understand oh yeah you know what like that makes a lot of sense so it's sort of you have to explain the work that you do like that 80 yeah. percent of of what we do is just communication with other people um i don't think there's a lot of bad clients like m- most like when you have problems with with a client always ask yourself like what did i do wrong here <laughs> um because your clients aren't expert at giving feedback They have no idea how to do it. They probably haven't done it very much. So it's up to you to teach them what the best way of giving feedback is and how to collaborate with a designer. So if you see things that you don't like with your client and these are things that are up to you to fix. Um, And it's like maybe in the way you approach the client or... um, the way you present your work that makes this client feel like uncomfortable or insecure and like, but that's totally something you can fix.
1: So um, if any of our listeners like do some freelance or, you know, work directly with clients, I have kind of a story that like or a tip or advice or whatever. And advice is always very tricky because either like it, it could have worked for me and it did, it doesn't mean that it will work for you. So take this as it is. Uh, <laughs> you, but-
0: so the way to use advice is just take him as a data point. <laughs> the same way the same sure, way yeah. I look at um, like user research or, or data whenever <laughs> I, I work, I'm working on a project, none of them are g- going to give you the full picture. But... You can say that okay with like Rafa's like um, experience project experience level with all these parameters this is what works well and then you can try <laughs> to see okay well if my experience differs in that way how does that impact the, the advice I'm gonna receive and that's a much better way than to try to just, like, say, oh, well, this person, this worked for this person. Well, like, we're all different. So <laughs> advice can only be taken with a grain of salt. So, but...
1: Ten tips to make you rich. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. That sort of, sort of stuff never works. Um,
1: yeah, especially all those advices are from people, like, super successful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like...
0: And, I mean, like, we barely know what we're doing, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, so what I want to say is, uh, since I've went independent, um, I've taken on two uh, freelance jobs. So I've worked with two different clients. Uh, I hadn't freelanced in a while, so I was kind of like experimenting with everything. I experimented with my rates, I with the kind of like, yeah, how I charge for my work. One, I tried it uh, hourly rate. One, I tried it like per project basis. All of that. I was like experimenting. See what works best mm-hmm. for me, work best, like, what makes up for better work, all of that. And one of those data points that I that I like on purpose uh, made different for uh, each client was one of them I was kind of like eager to please, like, tell me your problem. I think I can help you. Here's my solution. Oh, you want me to change this? Sure thing. How do you think it looks? Here, here you go. And the other one, I kind of like, <laughs> I kind of felt bad and I felt very nervous doing this. But it works out for the best. And what I did was, I kind of went in, even on the first meeting, like, I don't know how to, I have to be careful how I phrase this. (laughs) I was like, I was like selling myself like I was more important. Like, it's not being cocky, but it's like overly confident in yourself. Hmm. (laughs) Is this making sense? I don't... It does.
0: Uh, Do you have examples of things that you did to make yourself appear more confident than you actually were? Sure thing.
1: Yes. So, for example, in the first meeting, one of the things I said was, I am not here to give you what you want. I'm here to give you what you need. And if I don't believe it's something like we are going to talk about it and I'm going to do my best work possible. If you don't like it, don't use it, but I'm not going to like, this is not going to be, I'm not a, you know, a tailor doing exactly all the little nitpicky things you want. I'm giving you the work that I think you need and that's it. Like you can take it or leave it. Like I'm, I'm not going to feel bad if you ended up not using it. So it's going to be fine. And actually for that work was the first time I charged like per project, I had a very long meeting. I I didn't spend like a week just thinking about it and seeing, okay, you know what? This is going to be like, it's going to be a web app. It's going to do this. It's going to have around 30 screens. It's going to do all that. So I have bev- a big overview of the project. Mm-hmm. I charge per project, pay me half in advance, half when I deliver it, right? right? So like it actually went very well. I don't know. <laughs> the... It could, it could have been the way I approached it. It could have been just the client was a good client. It, there are a lot of variables that I can't really control right. and can't really make out what made it what it was. But we had a good relationship. There was I felt there was trust because, by the way, this was for a field that I had no real knowledge on, right? So I was definitely not the user of this product. But um, there was a, at the end, there was this time. This is what I want to kind of share. Uh, back at like almost at the end of the product, of the project. Um the client was feeling like it was in his words it needed color. It needed something. It was too much white space, too much of like it felt raw. It felt you know empty in a way. Uh-huh. And that was something that he was you know, he was mentioning like almost every week. Like here here and there he was mentioning it and it was kinda like, Yeah, I know like I I've heard you. I'm really gonna think about it. For real. And I try to understand why. And first of all, I was designing this. This was an app, um, a web app. I was designing this in 1440 by 900 pixels. So like a full 15 inch MacBook Pro, like full width, yeah. full screen. And so that was one thing, like most people don't use the browser at that that size. So I, I like the most common screen size, I would say it would be like a 13 inch or something. So I just delivered the same mockups on different on different um, screen sizes. Like, here's how it's going to look on the iPad. Here's how it's going to look on a very, like, a small notebook, whatever. So, of course, on all of those, it wouldn't have as much white space. And they still felt the same thing. Like, the it needs color. It needs something. I don't know. <laughs> and I really struggled. I, I, I've, as you can imagine, I made a lot of iterations, one with, full background color with one with pictures and stuff. I, I tried a lot of stuff and it always felt, you know what? This may look prettier on a static screenshot, but it's not adding value. It's re- it really isn't right. So at the end, after like two weeks trying to f- just <laughs> solve this stupid problem, I just said, you know what? um, I can't add value. I can't solve your, your, your complaint without, like in my opinion making for a worse product. And uh I really felt that the problem that we were having is they were looking at this as a static screenshot and not as a product that you are using for 2 hours right like, on a day, right? Yeah. So I just communicated I wrote a long ass email explaining this. Like you have to, you know, you have to take into account that people are going to use this for work. People are going to be maybe like Five hours a day looking at this, if you add stuff, if you add color, it may look prettier on a screenshot, but it's not actually adding
0: value to yeah, it. Yeah. And it's super distracting.
1: Yeah. And it worked. Like they understood it. Like, and they agreed. I think, well, they can still change it. I, I'm not on the product anymore. Yeah. But, but, um, I think that's, that's good advice.
0: Yeah. Like your attitude definitely has an impact. Like clients are like dogs. Like they can feel when you're nervous. yeah (laughs) and like it's it's all about what you're you're projecting in the room that like if you're confident in your abilities to be able to solve their problems then they're more likely to to trust you on their projects
1: yeah and trust is huge yeah to to product to project to, to go well and
0: and and you were able to write a long ass email to like explain your decisions which is something that I couldn't have done when I started. Like I like yeah, with more following gut than anything else. So
1: and in this example, I could have, you know, send something with a background picture or some colors on the other side, and the client would be happy.
0: But then you're but then you're giving up. That's the thing. Yeah,
1: I know. <laughs> and but giving up happens a lot, especially when dealing with clients. Yeah. I gave up on a lot of projects in the past simply because I could not stand it. And it was something that I was so curious about. Like on a project, it starts out like on the first meeting, kickoff meeting, there's a brief, your excitement levels are like through the roof and you are very excited about this project. This sounds awesome. I really want to work on this. I'm super excited. And then stuff happens and you're like, ah, sure, but yeah, it's going to be all right. And yeah, they don't want me to go this way. I can always go the other way. And then there's this, Moment in time Which I don't think you notice it You only notice it looking back But there's this, there's this moment where you give up And It became like simply a job For you like okay I have to do this The client asks you for A Deliver A now he wants B Okay here's B and you don't like. You're not adding anything You're Now you're an instrument yeah. you're a tool <laughs> That's the worst <laughs> but, in that, but that happens a lot A lot a lot a lot and you just have to it's it's hard and i think it comes from experience it comes from confidence it comes from a lot of external factors but it's hard to not give up on these types of things
0: yeah so but yeah. believe me there is always a way listener <laughs> there is a way that you can Preach. make your client happy and still be happy so keep uh, keep trying to look for that push it push it yes
1: yeah, a little side note. Now that I'm working on my own stuff, I don't do wireframes. I don't do <laughs> a lot of stuff. Like when you Screw are the that person, process.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it's, like a, it's a good note to end this episode on. But it's like, when, especially when I am the one that's going to implement uh, something, mm-hmm. I, for example, uh, let me take two projects that are kind of different. So one is frames, the iOS app. I have someone helping me with development um, over there. Yeah. I start with like mockups and ideas and all. I don't do prototyping as much, especially like now, like for my own stuff, I don't do prototyping because you're trying to prototype something that you have already in your head. Right. You don't need to communicate what you have in your head to anyone. So you don't need to prototype. It's very hard. But yeah, I love prototyping. Yeah, if
0: you're it yourself, then I should just do it. Yeah,
1: like I I need to find reasons to be in Framer all day because I love it, but I <laughs> it's not really adding value to this particular thing. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, frames I'm doing um, I'm working with someone else, so I kind of do like some mockups. Like, okay, there's a new feature. I have an idea, uh, and I quickly mock it up on Sketch. Send some uh, like send some PNGs to her, and we kind of talk about it. But you know, I need to create these mockups to. Communicate an idea, because there's there's a conversation to be had. And Mm -hmm. on the other hand, there's this uh, Apple Watch game which I am implementing. Like the sketch file for that is like nothing. It's basically just I created to create the assets that I'm gonna need in in development. Mm -hmm. I don't like I I want to change something. I just do it like directly in code because there's no communication to be had. It's just me. I know what I want. So yeah, it's a screw the processes like.
0: Yeah. I yeah. mean, depending on, on what projects you're working on, that can also be something worth trying out. Like, yeah. what if I just do whatever and try different, different things, like your process doesn't need to stay fixed forever. Like you can say, you know what, like these parts doesn't make sense when I'm working alone. Uh, so then just don't do them.
1: In design is communication. So I think, the bigger the sample of you know of people you need to communicate an idea probably the bigger the process and, and things that you have to deliver is going to be like if it's just you and your friend you don't need to create like a full-blown like every pixel perfect screen and in a prototype and all that yeah mm-hmm. uh, if it's just you there's really no communication needs to be had so <laughs> you can cut that out and and yeah i think it really depends <laughs> cool so we had a we had like an hour and a half talking about processes and in the end is like maybe you don't need them
0: <laughs> so uh that was a good show
1: yeah that was cool so uh, where can people find this
0: wait, wait, wait don't you have a recommendation
1: oh i do ding recommendation okay
0: a recommendation uh, corner
1: yeah recommendation Doo-doo-doo. recommendation
0: oh gosh um, we, we need sound effects
1: yeah, I can make some.
0: Follow up. <laughs> Follow up.
1: Recommendation. Uh okay, I just have one. Uh I think if you're a designer, I think you probably are. Uh this is gonna be awesome. So this is an app icon template from the guys over at Bajango. I hope that's how you pronounce that name. Uh you know, Mark Edwards, um, from Bajango. So he um uh, he was kind enough to share this with me beforehand. So I've been I've been using this actually for some projects like that Apple Watch game. I pushed it to the App Store using this template. So this is a template for every um, every uh, app icon asset. For example, if you are designing something for an iOS app, they have all of the different sizes at all the resolutions that you need, like that the Xcode needs. Um, and they have templates for Android, iOS, OS Ten, Apple TV, Apple Watch, Windows, Windows Phone, and even the web Um And they have these templates for Photoshop, Illustrator, Sketch, and Affinity Designer. So, like, it covers really everything. Uh, if you're a designer... Where's my
0: Figma template?
1: I know, Ooh, I, I could create, oh, by the way, this is like open source, this is on GitHub, so you can just download it and use it, or if you want to contribute and make this better, um, sure. I don't know how a Figma template would look like, it's just a link,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Can, can you yeah. export a file?
1: I don't know, oh, there's no file. Figma extension. I'll
0: export. How is that going to look? Oh, it exports a PNG, yeah. Yeah, there you go.
1: So yeah, maybe I could create a Figma template or just import a sketch file
0: <laughs> and just
1: use it there. So yeah, that's my recommendation right. for the week.
0: Yeah. I have a bonus recommendation. Um Ooh. suits the TV show is back. Uh mm. I watched the first episode. Well, it's it's not even like they split the season in 2. So the first episode of like the ne- like the last part of that season. Gosh, it's so good. I love that show.
1: I never ever got into it
0: still. So good. So good. Uh, you know I'll what, what, what I've been watching
1: lately on Netflix?
0: Uh, Jessica Jones? I watched that already.
1: Super cool. Okay. No, I'm watching Malcolm in the Middle again.
0: I have never watched that.
1: I think that show is brilliant. Like I've seen it through all my childhood, like reruns on TV. It was on all the time. Mm-hmm. And now I've been uh, rewatching it like with uh, fresh eyes because I'm <laughs> an adult now, and that that I think that's brilliant. That's a brilliant TV show. It stars, of course, Brian Cranston. Um, but the oh, whole yeah, cast... I did
0: I did watch this for a bit.
1: Yeah, it's a, and it's a Canadian family and all. You should watch it. All right, oh, really? I I think it's it's brilliant because it's so it's about this family, very typical, but you know, TV exaggerated family, but. I think it's like it it, it represents like my childhood <laughs> like i i project myself on that like so clearly and it's awesome mm. so yeah, anyway it, this is not a recommendation i'm just saying
0: cool so, i'm just saying so awesome. yeah two tv show recommendations yeah
1: awesome. all right so uh people you guys if you stick it to the end um we would love, it would really help us a lot if you could upvote us on Product Hunt and Designer News. We're gonna post links to that in the show notes. So if you're still listening to this, just scroll and click on Product Hunt or Designer News or both if you're super awesome. Just give it like click upvote. That's it. And it's gonna help. Or
0: us a lot. say hi on Twitter. That's always Or really cool. all of
1: the above. <laughs> and um, you can also uh, follow us on Twitter. We are at LayoutFM. We've, we have on the description. Uh, our own individual Twitter accounts if you still want to follow us then and um, yeah you can find the show notes at layout.fm slash episode slash 12 right yep that's okay. it <laughs> uh, and if you want to leave us some feedback or if you have like a a topic that you want us to cover maybe to talk about something like that uh, reach us on Twitter or at our website we have um, a feedback um,
0: link link
1: button and just click that
0: and yeah get in touch see you next week